you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoyed this message from our Women's Discipleship Service. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. privilege to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor uh, Letty, for having me. It's an honor, ladies, that you came out on a Monday night, that you sacrificed your time. Come on. We all have busy schedules. We all got a lot of things going on, but you found it a priority to come and be in the house of God tonight. And you know, that's the real reason why we're here, right? I hope you didn't come to hear from me because Jesus wants to speak to us tonight. He wants our full attention like your pastor was saying. You know, I take it, I count it always an honor to go to the house of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God so we can lay down our burdens at the feet of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So I believe he has a word for us ladies tonight. Do you believe that? Amen. We're going to read Mark 5. You brought your sword tonight. We're going to read Mark 5, and we're going to be in verses 21 through 34. You ladies are looking good tonight. When you're there, say amen. We're going to read Mark 5. 21 through 34. Are we there? Amen. I'm going to go ahead and read. Mark, what am I saying? Jesus, help me. I'm in the wrong place, ladies. Get it together. I felt the Holy Spirit during worship. Thank you, worship team. Okay, now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus Jarius by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman, verse 25, had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, somebody say immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, 
your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight, God. I thank you for the honor of coming to your house tonight, Jesus. I thank you for your beautiful women that you have brought here tonight. Father, we came seeking you tonight, Jesus. I thank you that there's faith in this house tonight, God. I thank you that when you walk into the room, the atmosphere changes. I thank you, God, that your word says when two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. So we know, God, that you're in our midst tonight, Jesus. We know, Father God, that the King is among us. We know that you're in the house tonight, God, and you desire to do great things tonight in and through your women, Jesus. So we open our hearts, God. We bind every distraction right now. The voice of the enemy, we silence him right now in the name of Jesus. And we declare, God, miracle signs and wonders. You're a miracle working God. You are the way maker, the miracle worker, Jesus. Jesus, come and have your way, not our will, but your will be done in your house tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give them some praise tonight. The title of the message, if you are taking notes, is Relentless Pursuit. So I know that many of us, we've heard this story before preached, right? I mean, countless times we've probably heard it. But I want us to take a minute and we're just going to dissect this um, story because it's such a powerful story. So I want to take some time. Is that okay? We're going to take a moment, you know, and um, thinking about this woman, she was an outcast. She was considered unclean. Back in those days, right, you had to be separated from the world when you had your womanly issues. I mean, everything that you touched back then when you had your monthly flow became unclean. I mean, from your bed to your sheets to your family, your pets, I mean, everything, right? It was unclean because you were considered unclean. So basically, you had to be isolated from everyone, I mean, that doesn't sound so bad sometimes, right? We just had Mother's Day, just, salad mother, um, just celebrated Mother's Day. And um, to me, I mean, that just sounds kind of cool. Like, you ever want to get away? You know, you just need a nap, a good night's sleep. You know, sometimes that doesn't sound so bad. I need a few days alone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Right, mamas? But all kidding aside, Think about this woman who had this issue for 12 years. I mean, I'm not talking about just a day being isolated and separated, being an outcast. I'm not talking about just a couple of days, maybe just a week or a month, but I'm talking about 12 years, the Bible says in verses 25 and 26. So imagine being shunned for so long, being alone, excluded rejected, cast out, banished, exiled, shut out, not knowing why, God, why do I have to be the one with this thing? Why me? Have you ever felt that way? Why me, God? Why am I going through this? Imagine her family, her friends, right? Her life was majorly 
tremendously impacted. She couldn't do anything or be around anyone, so lonely and afraid to touch anything. The Bible says that she suffered many things from many physicians. So that tells me that this woman didn't just stay in her condition, but she sought help. That would be like us going to different doctors, going to different hospitals, learning of somebody that knows they're an expertise. They're an expert in this issue that I'm dealing with. So I'm going to fly. I'm going to spend all my money. The Bible says she spent everything that she had just to be um, healed just so that she could come out of the darkness, just so that she can fellowship with her friends and her family and her loved ones. Imagine the scene. She didn't stay there. She got up and she went from physician to physician. And the Bible says that not only did she not get better, but she got worse. Imagine that. The misery the discomfort, the letdowns. How many times do I, 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 I thought I would go over here and I would be okay. He was the best in the field. And why? I'm not even getting any better. I'm getting worse. Imagine this woman tonight. And imagine, I think about that. So imagine the courage and the faith that it took for her to get a hold of Jesus. Imagine she had to get out of her comfort zone. She had to step out. She had to be so desperate that nothing was going to stop her from getting to Jesus. I mean, how many times she could have threw in the towel when it didn't happen, when she went to that doctor, when she saw that physician and nothing happened. She could have right there stopped and threw in the towel and said, I'm done with this. I'll accept it. How many of us accept things when we don't see something happen right over overnight? We're going through the same issue and the same trial, and we get tired of praying. We get tired of fasting. We get tired of asking, um, asking God for help. So we just accept it. I guess this is the way it's meant to be for my life. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Imagine her. This woman was relentless. That's the title, Relentless Pursuit. What's the definition of relentless? It's oppressively constant. What's oppressively? Causing discomfort by being excessive, intense, elaborate, persistent, continuing, continual, continuous, nonstop, unstoppable. Nothing stopped her in her pursuit of Jesus. Do we have any relentless woman here tonight? I'm not going to stop until I get my breakthrough. I'm not going to stay in this state of sickness. I'm not going to stay in this place of complacency. I'm going to get out of my boat, get out of my comfort, get over myself and get to Jesus, the one that can do anything, the miracle worker, the way maker, right? We sing the song, but do we really believe it, ladies? Do we really believe? Do we have faith tonight? 
Verse 21 says that Jesus was surrounded by a great multitude, meaning Jesus wasn't alone. Imagine how easy it would or easier it could have been if Jesus was by himself. And I was in that state that this woman was in. I would think, let me just catch him by him by himself so nobody sees me. I just want to have a personal encounter with Jesus. I don't want anybody to see me touch him. I don't want to walk out of these doors because I've already been labeled an outcast. I've already been rejected. I already got all these things on me and people are going to see me and they're going to mock me and they're going to ridicule me and they're going to say things about me. Right? But he was surrounded by a great multitude. He wasn't alone. He was being thronged, the Bible says, by a huge crowd of people. Not even the crowd could stop her. Throng means a close gathering and a pressing together. But this woman was on a relentless pursuit of Jesus. I mean, she had to be so focused only on Jesus. She couldn't worry about what was going on over here, what was going on over there, like many people do. Many people were thronging him. Many people were next to him. Why? Because they wanted to see where Jesus was going. They wanted to see what Jesus's next move was, right? That wasn't her, for, her focus. She was just about not being seen, and all I want to do is touch him. Because I know, I've heard of what Jesus can do. I've heard of how he heals the sick. I heard of how he walked into the tomb and called Lazarus forth and Lazarus came out. I heard of how he awakens the dry bones. I heard of how he does miracle signs and wonders. I heard about the one true Jesus that has power that can save me and give me a miracle. She had to be so focused on the one. She wasn't concerned with the snares or the ridicules. And she wasn't concerned of who was going to notice her walking through the crowd, crawling through the crowd to Jesus. How many times do we come to a church service like this and we allow the crowds to distract us from getting to Jesus? Maybe God's calling you to come to the altar and worship him. But we stop in the midst of getting our breakthrough because it's too crowded in the front. Right? How many times do we allow people's opinions of us, what we look like, to stop us from getting a hold of Jesus, the one that can do a miracle, a mighty miracle at that? Come on, she was desperate enough to touch him. Who's desperate enough to touch Jesus tonight? I don't know who I'm talking to, but you got to stop letting the crowd stop you. Stop letting the snares or the gossip or people stop you from getting to Jesus. How many times have insecurity stopped me from getting a hold of Jesus? Oh, I don't want to worship like that because they're going to think I'm weird. They might say I'm too loud. It's okay. I'm worshiping for the audience of one. I don't care who's looking. I don't care if my makeup gets smeared. I don't care if my lashes fall off. I don't care if my jewelry flies everywhere. I'm here to get one's attention. 
the only one that really matters tonight, ladies. He's the only one that we need to focus on. Tell your sister, focus on Jesus. We need to take every opportunity, right? This isn't just another woman's discipleship. This could be your aha moment. The Bible says that she touched him and immediately she was healed. What if that happens tonight? What if God is calling you out tonight? What if he's saying, daughter, tonight is your night. Immediately, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to give you breakthrough. I'm going to open the door that no man can shut. I'm going to make a way for you. I'm bringing your family back. I'm bringing your children back. I'm restoring your marriage tonight. I'm going to give you a financial breakthrough because you're mine. You're my daughter. And I want to do these things for you, ladies. He wants to do these things for us. But have we gotten so relaxed? It's just another service. It's just another Sunday. It's just another Wednesday. It's just another prayer meeting. It's just another outreach. Have we gotten so relaxed that we forget who's in the room? Have we gotten so sidetracked by the crowd and the snares and the gossip and the going-ons of everybody saying this, that, and the other, everything on social media? Have our minds been so consumed with this world that we've forgotten what it's really about? It's about a pursuit of Jesus, a relentless pursuit, meaning I'm not giving up. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. And if I have to stand and stay still, then I will because my eyes are on Jesus tonight. We got to take our eyes off of everything else, ladies. There's too many distractions. I'm going to read the same story. I'm going to read it in Matthew. 9, 19 through 22. Let me take a breath. It's a workout. I'm going to read the King James Version of this same story. It says, And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman who was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned about him, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Why am I reading this version? And why am I reading you the same story? Because here in this particular version, um, a scripture, Jesus We know that Jesus touched many people, right? And everybody that Jesus touched got healed, right? We know that. We constantly read of him going out and about and people being healed of all sorts of things. But here in Matthew, in this particular version, it says that the woman was made whole. I was listening to one of my favorite preachers the other day, Ron Carpenter. Has anybody ever heard of him, Pastor Ron Carpenter? I was, I was listening to him, and he said this. It was so good. He said, everybody in the Bible that was sick, Jesus touched and got healed. But she touched Jesus and was made whole. When he's got to come to you, you'll get your miracle. 
But when you pursue him, you'll get it all. Ah, wow. Come on, I'm not going to make him chase me. I'm going to turn around and chase him back. When you're a God chaser, not only will he heal you, but he'll fix your marriage. He'll fix your finances. He'll fix your family. He'll fix your heart. You will be made whole. I said heart and I touched my head, huh? That too. (laughs) I'm all over the place, Lord. Help me tonight. You'll be made whole. I didn't come here tonight so that Jesus would touch me. I came here tonight so I can touch him. So I can chase him, the lover of my soul, so that I can pursue him and continually pursue him with a relentless passion, with a nonstop, continuing, continuous, um, unstoppable passion for Jesus. Anybody hungry for more of him tonight? Anybody come just to sit in his presence and let him breathe in your sweet-smelling aroma of worship? Tell your sister, excuse me, but I came to touch Jesus. Come on, tell your other sister, pardon me, but I came to worship my Jesus. I came to be made whole because he's the only one that can heal me, cleanse me, turn this mess into something beautiful. He's the only one with the answer that I need. Who needs an answer tonight? Come to Jesus. Nothing held this woman back from meeting with Jesus, her healer. And again, not only did her pursuit of him heal her, but totally made her whole. It's a relentless pursuit. I'm not stopping until I get my breakthrough. Check this out. When this woman touched Jesus, he stopped and he said, who touched me? When was the last time God stopped because of your worship? When was the last time God stopped because of your faith? When was the last time God stopped because of your touch? Oh, come on. I want to be that kind of woman who isn't afraid to touch Jesus in such a way that I get his attention. I mean, he's already got my attention. I want to grab his attention. I want him. When was the last time you got undone in his presence? When was the last time you couldn't get off the altar because God had touched you in such a way that he turned your situation around, that he gave you a fresh new vision? A fresh new start. When was the last time? It's a relentless pursuit. I don't want to come to church and just sit there and not give him my whole heart, my everything. He gave us his everything. Not so we can sit there looking pretty, all dignified. We used to be cray in the world, but now we get saved and we're all dignified now. (laughs) we knew how to get down in the world come on we dance you couldn't get us off the dance floor but we come to the house of God and now we're so dignified we don't want to sweat mess up our hair let the mascara go right we want to look so pretty and dignified who are we really doing it for 
a relentless pursuit. Where are we at? How much time do I got? Praise the Lord. Thank you, sister. I'll take it. (laughs) The relentless pursuit, it reminds me of the persistent widow. We're going to read it in Luke 18, 1 through 8. If you have your Bible, you can go there with me. Luke 18, 1 through 8. But I'm going to be reading the Passion Version. Have you, have you got a hold of the Passion Bible yet? It's amazing. I can't stop reading it. The Passion Version. It says, one day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose hope. He shared with them this illustration. In a certain town, there was a judge, a thick-skinned and godless man who had no fear of others' opinions. And there was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me my justice and protect me against my oppressor. He ignored her pleas for quite some time, but she kept asking. Eventually, he said to himself, this widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her. Even though I'm not a religious man and don't care about the opinions of others, I'm just going to get her off my back and by answering her claims for justice, and I'll rule in her favor, and then she'll leave me alone. The Lord continued, did you hear what the ungodly judge said? That he would answer her persistent requests, her relentless requests. Don't you know that God, the true judge, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer you and give you what you ask for. God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting, just like this widow was with the judge. Yet when the Son of Man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? Will he find this kind of relentless pursuit in his women, in his church, in his bride? A kind of pursuit, a kind of people that have faith. I'm not giving up. I'm not going nowhere. I know that God's going to meet my need. It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. But God said he will come through. God's given me a promise. And I haven't seen all those promises come to pass. He's the promise maker and the promise keeper. And think about it. He says, this judge did not fear God, but yet this persistent widow and her consistent, continual coming to him, he finally gives her what he wants. God says, don't you know that I will grant justice to all my chosen ones who cry out to me night and day? That's what relentless pursuit is. It means night and day, every day. There's not a day that doesn't go by that Jesus is not on my mind. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not in my word, that I'm not praying, that I'm not seeking, that I'm not asking. There's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't think about Jesus when I wake up and I don't remember him when I go to sleep. It's a relentless kind of faith. I'm going to continue to pursue my king. I'm going to continue to lay it all down. Lay down my laziness. Lay down. Turn off the TV. Get off of social media. It's time for me to meet with my Jesus. It's 
time for me. We got to be suited up, ladies. We're walking out into the world naked sometimes because we haven't been with our Jesus. We haven't put on the armor of God, so we wonder why we're constantly battling and we're constantly slipping up and we're constantly falling. That's okay, too. Get right back up. But it's a relentless pursuit of Jesus that every day I spend time with him. Every day he hears my voice. Every day I worship him. Every day I tell him what he means to me. That's relentless. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58, it says, but, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't give up, ladies. Don't throw in the towel. Tell your sister you're closer than you think you are. Come on, he's after our hearts, ladies. The Lord is after our hearts. I'm going to read this, and I, honestly, we're doing good. Praise the Lord on time. I'm going to read this. Have, have you read Song of, of Songs or Song of Solomon in the Passion Translation? Anybody read it? I, I encourage you, if you have not read it, to go and read it. I mean, it's just... I, I just wanted to read this whole thing to you and then just say altar call because it's just that good. It's just that good. The Passion Translation, it's just that good. But when I was reading this, and I, every time I read through this whole thing, it's not very long, so it doesn't take a long time to read it. When I kept reading it, I just, I just broke down in tears and started crying. Because you know what it really is, it's our relationship with Jesus, our pursuit of Jesus, and it's how much he loves us. Sometimes we don't feel loved, you know. Sometimes we don't see ourselves as a woman of God. Sometimes we think we're less than. Because maybe we were told that back in the world, right? We Labels been put on us before. You're unloved. You're ugly. You're this. You're that. You know, and, and you're never good enough. Has anybody ever been told that? I know I have. I was bullied back in the world. So what you see here is only Jesus. Only Jesus can turn this around, this mess around, and use this donkey for him. I'm telling you, it's only King Jesus that can do such a thing. But I was reading the Song of Songs, and I was, kept reading it over and over and over, and I was so in love with it. But this is what I came to. It, it's it's um, Song of Songs 2. And it's verse 10 through 15. And, and I really feel, ladies, like, like almost like this is a prophetic for us tonight. He says, the one I love calls to me. Jesus is calling to us. And he says, arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling. Come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart. And lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. Your bondage, the bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land. 
filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. He wants to take us higher tonight, ladies. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. He loves to see us worship. He loves to hear our voice in prayer. We may not like our voice, but he loves our voice. And then in verse 15, he says, you must, you must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Isn't that so good? He's calling us higher, right? He's calling us deeper. He's saying, come up with me. Come quickly, my beloved. Don't let anything hinder our relationship. Stop looking around at others. I want you. I'm here for you. I've been waiting for you to come to me. Step out of the shadows. Come into the light. Don't hide from me. Sometimes we get scared of God's presence. Has it ever been so tangible to you that sometimes you're just like, I have to open my eyes sometimes because I'm so deep in worship and like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. You know, sometimes it's so tangible that it gets a little scary. But he's saying, I want to ravish you in my love. I want to show you what you mean to me. I want to help you tonight. I want to bring you out of that. I want to clean you up. I want You're my spotless bride. My love for you is so deep. Nothing can stop my love for you, my chasing you, my pursuing you. What about us, though, getting up in time to start pursuing Jesus? What about us saying, yes, Lord, here I am, use me. Not about my life, Father, but it's about you. It's time tonight, ladies, to rise up. Women of faith to rise up. We have a call to rise up so that that generation that's looking at us will see our relentless pursuit of Jesus and they'll start to rise up. They'll start to love worship. They'll start to love prayer. Oh, I was looking at Facebook and I seen this little girl, three years old. They had her and they were recording her and she was in the children's class. And that little girl was speaking in tongues. She was praying for her little classroom, and she was like, devil, you have been defeated. You are under my feet. I am a child of God. Greater is he that is in me. This little three-year-old girl was preaching, and she's like, I speak in tongues. She was declaring. 
And then I just saw today this other little girl. She must have been about six or seven. And she was praying a powerful prayer. She was like, Lord, help the persecuted church. Let them know that you still love them. And then she was like, Lord, help me to witness to this little boy in my class at school, six or seven years old. I want to tell him about you, Father. And I admit sometimes I get scared. But give me the boldness to go in in there and tell him about you. Help me to be a witness. Lord, so that he can feel your love. This is a little six and seven-year-old. Sometimes we don't even want to pray with our kids because sometimes they get in the way. We're like, go over there. Mama's going to pray right now. It's my time. What about bringing them in, showing them the way? It says, train up your child in the way of the Lord, and when they get old, they will not depart from it. We have a call, mamas, to train up our little ones. They're our first disciples. They're going to do what mama does. When mama gets in trouble, where does she go? Straight to the phone or to the throne? They're going to do what mama does. I was blown away by this little girl's. Little girls on fire for Jesus. Lord, help me to be more bold. Help me to remember it's not about me. He says, come away with me. And then he says, catch those little foxes. He warns us about the little foxes. What are the little foxes? Could it be doubt, unbelief, stress, distractions, insecurities, competitiveness, bitterness, unforgiveness, church hurt, come on, offenses, catch those little foxes. It could be those things or anything that keeps us from that relentless pursuit of Jesus. He says, catch it from hindering our relationship. He says, let it go, cast it out. He says, come on, I'm gonna help you. We're gonna do it together. I'm sending my Holy Spirit. My Holy Spirit's gonna empower you to get that little fox and cast it out. Devil, you're a liar. You don't belong here. You gotta go from my house, from my family, from my church, from my ministry. You got to go. Not today, devil. I'm not impressed. Right? The Holy Spirit is our helper. It's time to rise up, ladies. It's time to pursue Jesus like we've never pursued him before. It's time to teach that young generation how to live a sold out, on fire life for God. I don't know about you, but that's my only desire is to live a sold out, on fire for God life tonight so that nothing will hinder my passion. Nothing will put it out. That's what the devil wants, to steal your passion for Jesus. He wants to shut you up and keep you quiet so that you don't shine. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, and the passion, it says, your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? Paramount will not be hidden. God put you up on a hilltop. You're the light of the world. And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine. 
that they may glorify your Father in heaven. Listen, it's not about us shining tonight. This girl has nothing to offer. It's not about my name, and it's not about me shining tonight. It's about him shining it's about him getting all the glory. Ladies, I'm telling you, this is a miracle that I'm only here uh, ministering tonight, that I have the honor and the privilege. Again, um, I've been saved now for 22 years, but, you know, I had a hard upbringing. I couldn't even talk to people. I couldn't look at somebody and talk to them and have a conversation with them, looking them in the eye because I was so shy. Forget about giving reports, right? Forget about wanting to lead anything. I never was a leader. I just wanted to follow. But God saved my life. He did something new. I was, I was severely bullied. I was severely afraid of everything and everyone. But God did something but God. And he said, and, he, and all I said was yes. That's it. All I said was yes, God. When I felt his love, when I felt his embrace, when I first gave my life to him and he turned all my mess around, he cleaned me up. He said, daughter, you belong to me. You're not an orphan. You're royalty. You're royalty. So rise up, woman of God. I have a plan for your life. I want to use you. I want to use you. I'm going to close with this song. It's haven't seen it yet. I'm I love worship. Um, and so as I was, um, it's a new song. I know you probably have heard it if you listen to the fish a lot, like me. Um, but it's so good. It says, have you been praying and you still have no answers? Have you been pouring out your heart for so many years? Have you been hoping that things would have changed by now? Have you cried all the faith you have through so many tears? Don't forget the things that he has done before. And remember, he can do it all once more. It's like the brightest sunrise waiting on the other side of the darkest night. Don't ever lose hope. Hold on and believe. Maybe you just haven't seen it. Just haven't seen it yet. You're closer than you think you are. Come on. Only moments from the break of dawn, all his promises are just up ahead. Maybe you just haven't seen it, just haven't seen it yet. Come on, it's coming, ladies. Maybe you just haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. He had the solution before you had the problem. He sees the best in you when you feel at your worst. So in, in the questioning, don't ever doubt his love for you. Because it's only his love that you'll find a breakthrough. It's like the brightest, come on, sing it with me, sunrise, waiting on the other side of the darkest night. Don't ever lose hope. Hold on and believe. Maybe you just haven't seen it, just haven't seen it yet. You're closer than you think you are. Only moments from the break of dawn, all his promises are just up ahead. Maybe you just haven't seen it, just haven't seen it yet. He is moving with a love so deep. Hallelujah for the victory. Good things are coming even when we can't see. We can't see it, but we believe it. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Come on, we believe it. We believe it, God. Good things are coming. Maybe we just haven't seen it yet, but today could be our aha moment. Today could be that immediate moment, God, where we come to touch you and we are made whole and we are made complete and you answer that prayer, God, and there's breakthrough. Come on, somebody. How many relentless women are in the house of
worship our way. This is how we fight our battles. We're going to raise a hallelujah. We're going to believe. We're going to let faith arise. I hope that you were encouraged tonight. That maybe you just haven't seen it. But don't throw in the towel because it doesn't mean that it's not coming. It's coming. You'll break through. It's coming. Those promises, they are yes and amen. They're coming. Hold on. Don't give up. Don't get distracted. Catch those little foxes and cast them out because God is rising you higher. He wants to take you deeper tonight in his love. His banner over you is love. So we're going to pray. We're going to get a hold of God tonight. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.